0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast. A massive Merry Christmas to all of you listeners out there listening. Today we are joined by Simon Baikowski. Hello. And Ian Cheeseman. You're right, season's greetings to <laughs> We'll not get into this and that again. We just <laughs> had to do two takes of me getting that wrong. But um, guys, I'm going to start with you, Ian. It's been two games have gone since that we've done our last podcast. What has gone wrong? What has gone wrong at
1: City? Well, that is the big question that everybody wants to know, and there's no easy answer to it. Um, they've lost a bit of confidence. That's part of it, as football's so much of confidence. But the obvious answer, the thing that's staring everybody in the face, is the absence of Fernandinho, who I've been a huge fan of for the last two years. I actually thought he was City's Player of the Year last year. Uh, I know everybody tends to want to talk about uh, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, you know Sergio, where other players like that who I of course love as well, but I still believe and and believe more than ever now. I mean, watch the last two games that Fernandinho is crucial that's not to say that there aren't other players who can do the job but that could apply to any any role but at the moment City don't have an alternative and I think Fernandinho is, is an exceptional player um, sometimes it can be taken for granted the role he fulfills he helps to protect the defenders City's team is not really designed to defend um, it's always been a vulnerability that they've had The difference in these last couple of games is that the other teams haven't had that extra layer of protection that Fernandinho offers. So we've seen um, John Stones fulfil that role. Um, I, I mean, I've suggested that John Stones defensively, that isn't his strength anyway. As a defender, I think he's a great footballer. Um, and in the Pep formation, the Pep way of playing, I can absolutely see why John Stones is is is, an, is a key player actually, and and works very well. But as an out and out defender, you can't make a comparison. To say Virgil van Dijk at Liverpool, who is an out and out defender. Or Imeric Laporte at Manchester City. Or I merit Laporte, that's a very good point, Simon, because I think uh, Laporte is a very good defender and is playing well. The full backs have, have, have obviously been a problem. Uh, Mendy's been injured. They've, they've had different alternatives that have played at, at left back, including Laporte, who I think is a, much better suited to play at central defence than at left back. And I think he's exposed a little bit more when he's playing at left back. We saw last season Fabian Delph doing well in that role but obviously in the games when he had protection from Fernandinho and the rest of the team was playing at the peak of its form so the possession was being dominated, etc. There's also been a lot of questions asked just lately of Kyle Walker. I don't think he's had a a brilliant season. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying he's had a terrible season but he's certainly not been at the peak that we've seen him at before. So With the full-backs not being quite at it, um, with the the slight vulnerability that I believe Stones has defensively, uh, Fernandinho is is even more essential in what City do. I think Gundogan has had an attempt at that role. I personally feel that actually Kevin De Bruyne is the one who could probably fill it the best. However, then you lose his exceptional ability, you know, in a more attacking role than a number 10 role or in a drifting wide role. So in one word, the difference has been Fernandinho. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, that there's just, it, it feels, we don't want to sort of build this up into more than it is, but it, it just feels like everything has gone wrong um, in a very short space of time, which you can't really account for. Um, you know, if you want to take it like GCSE history style and go like, trigger short-term and long-term factors like long-term they've had loads of injuries a lot of injuries and De Bruyne being out was manageable for the first part of the season De Bruyne and Silva being out has not been that manageable Fernandinho being out even players like Jesus was missing again Um, and it's been a struggle to um, you know to have those options it's always been other teams looked at City's bench and thought righty you know even if the first team doesn't perform look at who's coming off they've lost that a bit um, they've lost leadership with those players being out injured as well um, if you think about um and then you've got issues like Kyle Walker being at fault for two goals against Palace and Townsend scoring a wonder goal Delft being at fault for Leicester's first goal and nearly giving away another and Pereira's goal was a wonder goal you can't do much about that but the the main thing I think is that City have lost that ability to attack and so they're giving the ball away more and so the defence is under more pressure
0: Do you think it it could be a little bit of burnout in the team in in terms of the way City do play it's so on the front foot it's attacking do you think almost the current players of was hit the wall in terms of like the legs and the games that haven't been
2: played? I don't think you can say that necessarily because they managed it for the whole of last season but you know it, Bernardo has seemed a bit more jaded in the last few weeks because he's been covering for De Bruyne and Silva for, for most of the season um, and players like De Bruyne and Aguero are back in the team but look a bit leggy because they've had injuries so there's form issues there's fitness issues and there's <laughs> defensive and attacking issues. There's
0: also transfer issues, Ian. I mean, I mean, if you want to go back to Fernandinho, I mean, yeah, he, he, he obviously he did, didn't play, it, but you go back to the summer when City wanted to buy, was it Jorginho? Why did... So, from obviously side looking in, City identified Jorginho as a signer for the defensive midfield role. They didn't get him, and they kind of just disregarded and gone for anyone
1: else do you think that is think a criticism of City that they didn't have a plan B in that, in that spot it's certainly a valid criticism to say that that was uh, an identified Full role that needed to be covered, you know, with Fernandinho. Look at his age, as much as I admire him, you know, you can't expect him to play at absolute peak in every game, so there needed to be another signing. You may also talk at some point in this podcast about strikers because lots of fans are are talking to me about the lack of strikers. I I believe even Sean Gutt has been in contact with us uh, saying that, so we'll perhaps come to that. But City did look at other players, they looked at Fred. Uh, who obviously ended up uh, going to to Manchester United Uh, Kovacic I think is that his name obviously you struggle with Simon Bajkowski so I'm not going to ask you but (laughs) you know he he went to Chelsea as well Uh, they they have actually been linked with three or four of that type of player and missed them out missed out on them and, and there are City fans who are asking me and I must admit I asked the same question you know why in fact my wife said to me before I came today why does City go for all these players and always miss out is it that they want to go to another club is it because they're being offered more money at another club is it because of some, some other factor what is the reason because surely City playing this dream football with Pep Guardiola regarded as if not the best certainly one of the best coaches in the world and so much talent in the club. Why would those players not want to come to City? And if before you chuck in the argument about well London and Barcelona and, and, and Madrid are much better places than Manchester, well when United were dominating uh, the football world, when Liverpool were dominating the football world, people didn't say who'd want to go and live in Liverpool, who'd want to go and live in Manchester, they've still come and City have got some of the best players in the world playing at City, Sergio Aguero hasn't gone, why would I want to go and play in Manchester, I'd play, rather play in uh, Barcelona, he's chosen to play at City, David Silva the same comes from you know beautiful part of the world, but he's playing match. So I don't think that's part of it. So what is the reason? Why can't this? I mean, what is the latest? I, mean, I, I saw a headline this morning on 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 the blog on on the MEN about, and it's probably you doing it, Simon, about Frankie De Jong and looking like City may possibly be missing out on him. And I know that's been a rumor for a while, but he's the latest one of those players that they're linked with, isn't he?
2: Yeah, uh, there's reports from Spain that uh, De Jong has chosen Barcelona rather than City which would be a big blow I think because De Jong as well as being very good is also young and so therefore fits the sort of successor mantle uh, to Fernandinho more than say Jorginho Um, but I mean Jorginho would have been really good as he is showing at Chelsea but he's playing every week at Chelsea he's dislodged Kante from that role which many people questioned and, and are still questioning but you know, he's a player that wants to play every week. Would he have been happy coming to City?
0: Do you think, sorry, do you think there's a financial shift at City in terms of the way that they're now going to go about the business? Because, I mean, you look, at, you look through City squad, I mean, the best players, I mean, you've got David Silva, Aguero. Um, you've got, East, I mean, obviously, a company doesn't play anymore, but you've got David Silva and Aguero, two players that came in 2000 what, 2011. Yeah. They've been through three title-winning teams. The best players still seem to be the ones that came a long, uh, quite a while ago
2: now. Well, I think Raheem Sterling's pretty good and Leroy Sane's pretty good and Edison's pretty good and Laporte's pretty good and Stones is pretty good and is pretty good.
0: Of course, but the point I'm trying to make is that Fernandinho came 2013, Silva, Aguero, these are the players. I mean, you can make a point for them as well, but City without them three... Of a lot, I mean, City without De Bruyne, a lot of the season, they've still obviously were winning games still, but without Aguero, they've, they've
1: dropped off a bit. I think he's making a good point here. Do,
0: do, do, do you agree? <laughs> I, think, I, I mean, I don't know if City have made have shifted their
1: almost their transfer model. Are they looking at younger players now? I actually think you're making a very valid point, which hasn't perhaps been as, as in the forefront of people's minds recently. And obviously those outside of City fandom will look at the Blues, and, and, and they're saying it now. And even City fans are saying, go and spend, go and spend, they've got the money. You hear fans of other clubs, and, and I heard yesterday at Leicester, people, Leicester fans, as I was wandering around saying it, You know, they're the richest club in the world, they can buy whoever they want. You then switch on talks, Sport or Five Live or something, and all the fans of other clubs come on and say that City can spend whatever. But just recently, if you actually look at the evidence, and I know some people, especially non City fans, will ridicule me for saying this, but they haven't actually been spending as much. It hasn't been as noticed. They went out and bought Riyad Mahrez in the summer, and that was it. That was the big flagship signing of the summer that doesn't compare to what they did in the times you're talking about Ash where they were building a club where they were they're putting the key components in which have been great uh, value for money because of the longevity that City have got out of them. Um, I don't personally think Mahrez has really worked yet for City so effectively they haven't really improved that squad at all last summer and Pep in one of his recent press conferences and in fact has repeated it a few times as I'm sure Simon will, will confirm has been saying no we're not going to spend anything in January we're not going to go out and get anybody and and, and I think that's something to do with keeping within FFP, not wanting to upset UEFA and that the model of spending a lot of money early on to build the club has now done its job and, and without being able to confirm this or we don't get to speak to the, the, the chairman, we don't get to speak to the, the owner um, and obviously the club don't Come out and tell us this directly, but instinctively it feels to me as if everything's been reined in a little, and said, right, you, you've got all your building blocks. You say you're happy with the squad, so now stick with it, and, and and you can tinker with it, and you can make the odd alteration, one flagship signing every now and again. But I don't feel as if there's that 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 desire uh, within the financial control, the ability to actually go out and splash the cash in the way people. Th- thinking that they're going to go down and say, oh, give 90 million, give 100 million for Frankie de Jong, Uh, go and sign, you know, a top striker from somewhere and Bappi for 200 million. I don't think City are in the market for that, do you? No,
2: no, I really don't and I think, you know, there's a lot been made about how much City have spent but, I think in four or five years' time, other clubs will have caught up and exceeded City for the reasons that you've saying because they have spent a lot, and but now they've got this squad. Why would you rip up that squad? What you know? Who's in there that shouldn't be in there? Really? Um, you know, they wanted to sign Jorginho, yes, and I think I can't remember whether you asked on camera or not on. On audio, or not but you know, saying why don't they sign anyone else when they didn't get Jorginho, and yeah. I think they just got a bit fed up with the market, to be honest, because as soon as they didn't get... You know, they, it was it was put out there that they wanted Kovacic and Lamina. I'm not sure if they did um, want them enough to pursue them once the Jorginho deal fell through, or whether it was just... Part of the negotiations with Napoli for Jorginho, and that took forever. and It was a wrangle and it was a mess. And then Napoli didn't screw them over, but it kind of City were left a bit red faced over that one. And then suddenly they're linked with everyone, every midfielder going as clubs and agents are pushing their players for phenomenal prices. All right, you were going to pay 60 million for Jorginho, right? Well, let's have 100 for for my lad and whatever and I think they just thought right we've got Gundogan we've got De Bruyne we've got Delft. we we have the players to manage and they would have had the players to manage if they hadn't had six or seven injuries that have sort of really derailed the no, season I just want to touch on when Pep said that
0: there wouldn't be signing anyone in January I personally do think that that could just be City Pep being the one who's saying, right, we're not going to get bullied in the January transfer window for wanting to play over the top for a player, possibly. yeah I I might be be right, I might be wrong. But I just think that when you look at Pep, and I think when teams have won the league in the past, you look at Conte at Chelsea, and I think you look at maybe even Mourinho before that, was it Chelsea? They don't go and push on and get them extra players. I think it happened with Mancini as well in the first year, they won the league. And maybe just maybe could that if City don't go out and get that could that maybe almost hurt the relationship between City and Pep in terms of hierarchy in City it's well, just a question to you guys
1: for, Yeah, don't forget his relationships with Cheeky isn't it and, yeah. uh, and, and, and I can't see Cheeky not wanting to try to give Pep what he wanted there may be above, above that there may, the things that we don't know about there may have been in discussion two years ago well you can go out and you can get that one that one and that one you can get Sane you know you can get um, other players like that but there is a limit so this is the amount you've got and an amount that we never know about and one that, once that's gone then you have to work within I mean you know you, you, I've heard rumours over at Old Trafford and I know this is a City podcast that you know one of the reasons why Mourinho had such a problem was and it, and it happened ever since Fergie went was that somebody was saying this is how much you can spend and you know even suggestions and I think Fergie's almost confirmed it that that was one of the reasons he got out when he did and you know City have, have it feels to a certain extent drawn the drawbridge up now you're saying Ash that it could be a bluff you know that this could be an, a negotiating position, and you might be right. Time, time will tell. Obviously, if at the end of January they don't sign anybody of any significance, that would tend to suggest that theory is wrong. I don't personally think it's a bluff. However, which which goes against what you're saying, if they now go out and sign somebody. I'm not saying it's a panic situation, but it may have been unplanned. They may have gone into, you know, hoping to go into January thinking we're not going to sign anybody, but then you lose three games out of four. Um, you know, and and you start to perhaps look at the world slightly differently. And every city fan I know is saying a left back, Mendy's out long term, there's no solution at left back. Zinchenko, I think he's a decent player, but he's not a left back and he's and, and he's a kid. Uh, Fabian Delph seems to have been exposed in, in recent matches and there's never been a left-back either, by the way. Mendy's obviously now got a, a track record of being injured because he's had two long-term serious injuries. So there's clearly a problem. And I was looking at Chilwell playing for Leicester because City had been linked with him and thinking... Is he is he good enough? And and I'll I'll leave I'll park that view for now. But but you know obviously they're interested. And now surely, Fernandinho has been highlighted as su- not that any City player ever doubted it. City fan I should say. But Fernandinho has now been highlighted as such a key player. Does that now prompt City to suddenly add twenty million onto? Um, you know, either um, Frankie De Jong or somebody else, and suddenly go. We've ju- listen. Just pay whatever. Just pay whatever. And of course, the other one is two strikers. You know, um, Aguero gets injured or loses a bit of form, doesn't look quite himself at the moment. Don't you? it's because he's just coming back from injury or, or whatever. He doesn't look quite himself. And Jesus has had an attack of, of, of confidence. Whatever your, your view of him is as a player as to whether he's good enough or will be good enough, he's, it's clear for everybody to see that he's, he's got a bit of a confidence issue. So. The question I'm I'm saying on behalf of City fans is, can you cope? And they've been saying it for a year and a half, two years, with just two strikers, really, on your roster. This false nine, does it really work? I don't know. It's not, not proven to work so far, has it? Even though we all think it can work. Do City need a left back? Do they need to sign three? No. <laughs> I love Simon, he's just so dry. Isn't I mean,
2: the... The other important thing that needs factoring in is Guardiola and man management, and he deliberately has a small squad because it's hard to keep... He finds it incredibly hard to leave players out and hard to keep them happy when they're not playing. As soon as Aguero isn't playing one or two big matches, he's straight into the mix zone, talking to us, telling us how unhappy he is and how... He's never that blatant, but, you know, suggesting that he would like to play more games... Jesus wants to play more games now. If they're playing one in two now, are they going to be happy if they're then playing one in three? Sane, Sterling, Mariz—they can't all play every game. So if another, you know, if more cover is signed, then are they going to be happy? I know they're not going to sign more forwards, but you—you you never know with Pep. Fernandinho—the role does need covering, but it needs you know, the right replacement. They're looking to sign someone that can replace Fernandinho for ten years rather than someone to come in for for a few months and do a job because they've got players at the club already that can do a job. But it all comes down to to injuries. Either you say they've been incredibly unlucky with injuries at the minute and this season and also unlucky in that the players that aren't injured seem to have suffered a loss of form. Because, you know, they, they got 100 points last year. They're not turned into bad players overnight. But either you say that or you say there is an injury problem or problems with certain players and we need to sign in those positions. But yeah. the plan was not to, to sign. Because yeah. Guardiola said um, after the game at, Le- at Leicester, and I must say because I said palace, that he was terrible in his press conference. He was really, really good and spoke very well and very honestly after the Leicester game. But he said that he still has confidence in these players because of what they did last season and what they did up till December in this season.
0: Yeah. And we'll we'll get on to the Premier League and also the Champions League in a second, but we've had some tweets directed in your way, uh, Ian. One question came from Andrew Evans, was... When City won the league against QPR, they had Jekyll, Balatelli, and Teres and Aguero all on the pitch.
1: Covered City covering the yard, Jesus and Aguero. Is that enough? Well, that's the, that's the point I suppose I was asking myself, you know. I don't think it is. And, and whilst Simon makes a, a good point um, about Pep wanting to keep the squad happy, and I, I, I completely understand that the fact, if 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 Jesus and Aguero were, which which is impossible to predict, fit all the time, and whenever thing, either yeah. of them came into the team, they were yeah. flying and banging. It wouldn't be a problem. But the fact is that football being football, and Aguero being the age he is as well now, which will increasingly make him susceptible to injuries. I'm not sure that that two is enough. You know, you've got a kid who people keep saying he will be a star, and you've got Aguero who they're saying has been a star, but is now, you know, um, possibly he's still, still a star. star. He is yeah. still a star. I, yeah, I'm not having a go at Aguero, but say five years ago, there was there was a there was more in his legs. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, And he's a very clever, studious sort of player who has developed under Pep. I mean, that that pass, that assist for Bernardo Silva at Leicester was top quality. And I'm not sure that the Aguero five years ago would have done that pass. I think he might have tried to take it on himself. So that's a real mark of how he's developed. But... The Aguero, which was the one that ran across the goal and scored that goal against QPR, not saying he can't do that anymore, but if he's lost half a yard of, of pace, then it's more difficult for him to do it and certainly for him to do it every three days, three or four days. And and I suppose the other thing I'd chuck into the, the City need a four, you know, three and four strikers is what Mario Balotelli and Eddie Dzeko offered was a different type of striker and Aguero and Jesus, um, first of all, when they play together, don't seem to gel in, in the way that that you might want them to. They seem to prefer both of them to play as a as a lone striker. But what they offered Jecco and, uh, and Balotelli was height as well. You know, another option, another type of delivery. And with Mares in the team, who is. You know the one great asset he's got is, is he's got a wonderful left foot, and and you, you've seen him cross. You know, brilliant balls in which have been headed in by somebody like Bernardo Silva, you yeah. know, or, or or Raheem Sterling. But imagine if you could. I don't want to see City play route one, but imagine if you could have a, a, a bigger, more demand, you know, powerful, dominating striker that it, it only gave you necessarily an option, not necessarily as your first choice every week, but gave you that option so that in certain types of games and certain types of situations, as again we've seen United do with with Fellaini, you, you've got a plan B, but there isn't a plan B, is there? With 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 the options that City have got as strikers. No, no,
2: it's a very good point. And I wrote something on Jesus a few weeks ago to that effect that got a few negative comments, shall we say. But, you know, Aguero, when Jesus came in, was challenged to change his game. Now that he's changed his game and he's a better version, can do what he did before, but can also do what Jesus did, does so well. What, how does Jesus respond? Because he needs to add something to his game if you know he's going to challenge Aguero again but yeah it's it's tricky again <laughs> I've got I, mean, I need to ask this
0: question and um, this is to both of you so you can both answer it I'll start with you Ian can City win the
1: league or the Champions League without any transfer signs in January uh, well seven points is not unsurmountable and everybody will talk about when they won it when they were I think it was ten points behind United that season, but I have to say at the moment, having slipped up in games that they shouldn't have slipped up in, um, that, uh, and, and I'm certainly don't want to be a harbinger of doom, but unless uh, Liverpool implode or get injuries, um, the way they're going at the moment, they're going to do something remarkable this season, um, and and you know I, I just don't mean this game, of course, against Liverpool. Um, If they were to lose that at home, I think the title's gone, I really do think it's gone. Um, In the Champions League, you saw that they struggled a little against Lyon, and Lyon aren't the best team in Europe, I think they'll undoubtedly, I say undoubtedly, I'm very confident City will beat Schalke in the last 16, but after that, you start to play really tough teams, and... um, no, at the moment I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, that City I think you have to have a, an exceptional shot-stopping goalkeeper and as good as Edison is as a, with his feet I don't think he's an exceptional shot-stopper as a goalkeeper and defensively you have to be able to defend to win the Champions League Sorry. Yeah, they, they can win both Without Simon Yeah Really Oh I'm so pleased I'm sorry with Simon It's just the lift I need (laughs) um,
2: No I mean You know They've got the squad To win To win both Liverpool have been Tremendous And it doesn't look like They're going to To fold at any point But They've got They've got Arsenal Coming up If City can get past Southampton And uh, And Arsenal Take anything Off Liverpool that's the gap reduced. Then they play Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, on Thursday, and so you know if Arsenal draw at Liverpool and City beat Liverpool, then the gap is two points again, which yeah. would flip all of this misery and doom that's currently surrounding City at the minute for you know for good reason. But you know, it's I don't think that necessarily will happen. And I think if City lose to Liverpool at home, then you kind of the fat lady's certainly warming up um but then the champions league i don't think they will win it because i think they've they're still a bit naive um in in knockout games and against european opposition but the champions league isn't about being the best team in europe or the best team for a season it's about being the best team in you know six or eight knockout games from february onwards we still haven't had one game this season where guardiola has been able to put out his best 11 And you know, that time has to come surely at some point in the second half of the season. We're going to see his best 11 players on the pitch, and if they can get their best 11 and the best, you know, that if they can get injury free, then they've got every chance because they have a squad that is capable of winning both it's a good
0: point you did make there about it's just the next two games I mean you talk about City and uh, talking about playing Liverpool and Liverpool playing Arsenal as well the last two games have shown that things do change very very quickly in the Premier League as we spoke last time that we were questioning Jürgen Klopp's comments about is the league yeah, really more than a yeah. two-horse race I'm, I'm you've most... got Spurs now who were above City and you, to think that if you would have thought that a month ago you would have thought
2: yeah. nonsense like, you wouldn't have I'm, I'm more confident of Arsenal getting something at Liverpool than I am of City getting something at Southampton well, <laughs> that's how, how the, the tides turned it shows how quickly things change yes but yeah. until
0: then we obviously we will speak again I'm sure before that Liverpool game where we'll have an entire podcast episode probably dedicated to that game because it is going to be a huge one but until then, thank you guys for joining me. It's, uh, it's a blast as usual.
2: Yes, and a happy yeah. new year to everyone.
0: I want to mention at this time: happy new year to all the listeners. You can
1: oh. say that again. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: the thing was the last time I just completely forgot that it was Christmas. I mean, working all the way up till it, you just don't, you never obviously, you never think about it. You, obviously
2: when you do finish up. Now you've got your Christmas yeah, jumper Christmas. on, you're full of festive cheer. <laughs> yeah. a week behind. Your Santa hat <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, but. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on Aircast. Do leave us a review on Twitter or iTunes or whatever platform you do listen on. And we will be back again just before the Liverpool game. And until then, have a great new year. See you then.